Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Home and home. Antonio Brown trying to stage his NFL comeback and starting it here, 93-7, the game in Pittsburgh on the Radio.com app. Listen in. This seems to be like kind of uh, a time to make an apology or something. You got the floor. What do you have to say to those guys? Yeah, you know, I really apologize to those guys for the distractions, you know, the um, the unwanted attention that probably caused those guys <clears throat> to their names and organization. So, obviously, you want to clear out any uh, any baggage or any disrespect or unintended attention that was brought on to the organization. You know, these guys gave me an opportunity when I was 21 years old and uh, forever grateful for those guys to have the opportunity to not only play with those guys, but to be in so many uh, amazing moments and uh, we've been through so much. So I'm forever grateful and indebted to the Steelers organization, Mr. Rooney, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, Ben Raftenberger, you know, I started my career with those guys. Um, a lot of beautiful moments, you know, a lot of positive things. So it's not all bad. I just think from an emotional standpoint, when stuff got bad, it just seemed bad. But we had a lot of good good moments than bad. That's Antonio Brown on 93.7, the game in Pittsburgh. Ross, your reaction to a a sane day in the world of AB, as opposed to the generally insane days we've had over recent months. Well, and I think you probably phrased it the right way, Dave. Uh, You know, I feel like we've been on this roller coaster with him and his erratic behavior where it's like he does something strange, then he apologizes, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe he apologizes, then he does something strange, says he's sorry to craft, and then calls people out. You know, he would have to get off the roller coaster, Dave, and only be doing things like this, apologizing, appearing to at least have some understanding of what he's done in a negative fashion over and over again before I think any team or the NFL, for that matter, should even consider bringing him back. You know, I I don't know why today on 93.7 in Pittsburgh is the Pittsburgh Apology Day. But at this rate, are you sure that over the weekend he won't do something pretty crazy? Because I'm not. I'm in fact sure he will do something batshit crazy in the next 36 to 48 hours. Now, look, full caveat here. I all along in the recent weeks after he was released by the Patriots felt like They needed him back in the fold. I thought a lot of teams should take a shot on him late in the season. But there was some point, and I can't recall the exact day, that the crazy train left the station for me, and it ain't coming back. And I shouldn't laugh at the word crazy, because I do think Antonio Brown has serious, some sort of mental health issue. If not, it's a drug issue. Don't forget, folks. 
It was Super Bowl week that we last saw Antonio Brown, again, one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of this game over a six-year span. We saw him in a suicide prevention vest in front of a judge booked on assault and battery charges against a moving driver. It wasn't long before that that he streamed himself screaming expletives in front of his children, in front of police, calling them the N-word, and then throwing what he described, and apologies to you with sensitive ears, throwing a bag of dicks at police. They were gummy penises. This guy has left the reservation. We asked you this morning at RDC, home and home, would you want Antonio Brown on your NFL team next season? And the poll results are overwhelming at this juncture. 88% of you said no, just 12% say yes. I'm actually shocked at those numbers because outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't think of a team that couldn't at least use his talents. Certainly the New England Patriots could use his talents. Um, At least 15 teams are in desperate need of a playmaker like Antonio Brown. I am thrilled that 88% of you want no part of it. Ross, would you want him on any NFL roster next season? No, I wouldn't unless he passes any type of mental health testing, mental health screening. I I got to be honest with you, Dave, on some level, I got to plead ignorance here. I don't know what the process is for someone that is clearly going through something. And he is, I mean, you know, it, it, it got sad for me real early. I thought he had mental health issues all the way going back a year ago when he was trying to get the Steelers to release him or trade him And he had all those just bizarre videos, you know, need to get my guarantee, can't do no more, no guarantee. It just, it didn't seem like what you would do if you were trying to get traded and get a new contract somewhere else with a lot of guaranteed money. His behavior was erratic a year ago. So if he passed all of that stuff and they felt like he was back to being the Antonio Brown we knew for however many years, then yeah, I think he should be back in the NFL. But unless and until he does, the answer is no. It is interesting, though, Dave, that you bring up the Mm. Chiefs. Because if you look at the Chiefs, they just won the Super Bowl with a bunch of guys who fell in the draft because of off-the-field issues. Tyreek Hill, well-documented. Frank Clark, well-documented. Defensive tackle Chris Jones, perhaps not as quite well-documented, but still, it stuff happened. So you look at that, Byron Pringle, who was killing on special teams for him. The Chiefs have a bunch of guys that had red flags, and now they help the Red Chiefs win the Super Bowl So it's interesting to bring up the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because Mm -hmm. there are teams that would look at Antonio Brown and say, you know what? This is called buying low. This is called taking a chance. And by the way, it could all be under the the guise of we're giving him another chance. We want to help him. You know, you're always able to massage it that way if that's the route you elect to go.
Yeah, and, and what I can't quite figure out about Antonio Brown is a couple of things. Now, when Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, was asked about AB at that Super Bowl press conference, he seemed very accommodating for Antonio Brown, did not suggest that there is no place for him in the NFL. In fact, said our goal is to get him help and to get him back on track. And again, 88% of you don't want Antonio Brown on your NFL team next season at this juncture. Consider the stats of this dude. 1,200-plus yards, 8-plus receiving touchdowns, more than 100 catches every year for six straight seasons, and 88% of you don't want him on your NFL team. But you know who falls in that 12%? It sure appears that TB12, the greatest quarterback of all time, it appears to me, still wants him on his football team. Why do I say this? Well, Antonio Brown posted an Instagram post um, about a week, 10 days ago with a picture of Brady and AB. The caption was, want to play more than ever in 2020, wherever at Tom Brady go, hashtag be encouraged. Who liked that post? I'll give you one guess. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady liked that post, suggesting he's open to go play with Antonio Brown in 2020. What's more, Tom Curran, who covers this team, knows this situation better than arguably anybody on the planet in the Boston area, says that Tom Brady and Antonio Brown have stayed in touch recently. Ross, why? How do you explain Tom Brady continually, at least the perception is that he's standing by Antonio Brown. How do you explain that? Very easily. And that is that perhaps Tom Brady, from their interpersonal reaction, could tell right away that Antonio Brown had some type of mental health issue that he was dealing with and that Brady is hoping and trying to help Antonio Brown deal with this issue, come back from this issue. Because honestly, David, there's not a real good explanation other than that. I mean, other than that, I think it's a really poor look for Brady to be supporting this guy unless he really noticed it and believes that deep down Antonio's a good guy who just has an issue right now that he needs some serious help with. He needs some serious help. It may be drugs. It may be mental health. It may be even more. Let's go to some more sound from Antonio Brown on 93.7 in Pittsburgh just short time ago. How are you going to get respect from people, though, A.B., when you're on Instagram dog cussing the police on your front door? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I listen, so listen, so listen. Uh, you know, a lot of things people judge me of reacting in a certain way. But people don't know why I react a certain way and what I've been through. You know, what I mean? you never know what a person been through to react the way they react. So do you know I ran from the police for 30, 40 minutes, then called someone to come talk to the police at FIU University when I went to that school? No, I don't and know I, that, but I know that. Exactly, hey, don't you think exactly, that sometimes exactly, not everybody's out to get you, A.B.? No, listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying no one out to get me, sir. You don't, you don't, you're not listening. Like, the police was at, like, the police was at my house to help me from someone trying to take something from me, sir. It took one hour. I'm not making an excuse. 
I could have reacted in a positive way. But you understand when people try to be negative and take stuff from you all the time, you ever know what it's like for someone to try to sue you, to say they want to take money from you because the position you're in? Do you ever been in the position where someone write articles about you and the world takes you to run with it? You can't even defend yourself? So people don't understand the situation that I've been in. Is it an excuse for my emotional negative reaction? No, there's no excuse for it. I give Antonio Brown a lot of credit for going on 93.7 in Pittsburgh with our friends there. You can check them out on the radio.com app. But Ross, he failed miserably if he was attempting to turn public sentiment onto his side. I've never been more convinced that this guy does not belong in the NFL. And if the NFL takes a chance on him, it is the height of irresponsibility. Well, I, I think that they've been very clear that they're going to need him to pass some type of screening, whatever that is, before they would do that. And again, maybe we should get a mental health expert on over the next couple of weeks because there's got to be some type of process before a mental health professional would sign off on saying that Antonio Brown is fit to play professional football. Yeah, and I don't know I don't know what the process is going to be from the NFL, but if you even take just the last couple of weeks in and of themselves, then he doesn't belong in the league. But I don't know that we ever got any resolution on the original investigation, which is, of course, involving the most serious of all these charges, which were sexual assault, sexual harassment, intimidation of a woman and her children. We will return to the subject later on in the program. Antonio Brown, sort of a mea culpa, sort of an apology on 93.7 in Pittsburgh this morning. Master impersonator Frank Caliendo joins us now. Good to have you on, my friend. It's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. Can you give us that impersonation of that fan climbing a tree, pants down, just to try to view the Chiefs parade? I think it was Madden and Summerall. Yeah, it was, but I can't remember what he was doing. I mean, I think he was just trying to get to the to the top, to the highest point so he could see what was going on, but he couldn't see what was going on, and then he tried to jump other branch and uh, nothing doing. I mean, that's I mean, what happened here. You, you think you're going to make it, then you don't make it, then boom, you're a meme. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Frank, I, I am a huge fan, have been forever. I, I, I got to ask you, I, we got to start with this, man. So when did you first know that you could do these Im Im impressions so well? Uh, I mean, I went to school for broadcast journalism. That's what I thought I was going to do. Uh, I wanted to be a, like an, when I was younger, I wanted to be like an ESPN anchor or something like that. Then I realized how much you had to know. And I was like, I, I'm not going to pay that much attention. So I just started trying some different voices and doing that and uh, messing around went to an improv comedy class, started stand up. And now I'm just a genius. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I can't yeah. hold a straight face when I say it. I, you, know. you are All a right, genius, so, man. So, so you, you, you are a genius. So if, uh, if you're a 10, Frank, on a scale of 1 to 10, and I'm a 0. How much do I have trouble with doing... Skype? I'm trying, I'm trying to do Skype, but I'm trying to figure out how. I'm trying to figure out. Tell you what, man. He's trying to figure out how he's supposed to look at it. There it is, man. 
That's pretty good. Now his <laughs> earbud is falling. When your earbud is falling out, you can't. Hey, look at that. Look, you get some brooding eye right there, man. I tell you what, it's pretty good, man. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, so so Frank or Gruden or whoever. On a scale of one to ten, how much of it is natural talent? How much of it's practice? You're a ten. I'm a zero. Like, did you start as a five or did you start as an eight? You're just that naturally gifted. 100% talent. I mean, it's all no work whatsoever. I was born. <laughs> no, it's all, it's just repetitive. It's just like sports. It's like anything. You just constantly do stuff over and over and over, say things over and over and over. And then eventually you get uh, you get the voice or what's, what uh, is working there. You know, so you you just drill it. It's the same type of thing as sports, just constant over and over and over. And then it, uh, for me, I mean, I think I have some natural ability with it, but there are plenty that I can't get either. So, Talking to Frank Caliendo, check him out at Frank Caliendo on Twitter, frankcaliendo.com, hitting the stand-up uh, starting in April, April 4th in Aurora, Illinois, then Tahoe, Washington, and, and Detroit, Michigan, August 15th. Frank, um, there's a lot of lists out there that have the top 10 Frank Caliendo impersonations, but what I want to know is who do you enjoy impersonating the most? I mean, whatever an audience is reacting to, I don't really care. It's just uh, when they're new, they're fun. I've been working on a bunch of newer types of things, too. And, uh, you know, doing the Tony Romo right now because people haven't heard it that much. That's a lot of fun with the gym. This is going to be big. It's going to be incredible and amazing and wonderful. So you do that and people don't expect it. And that's a lot of fun. But, you know, people have their favorites. So, I mean, and it's more based on. It's more based on who the person actually likes or even sometimes dislikes. I try to, I try to do everything in a positive way. I, get, you know, I find the thing I like about the person, what makes me laugh about the person and, and go with that. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's what it is. You said a short time ago that there's some that you can't get. What's the impersonation that you really want to nail that you just can't stick the landing? Oh, there's, I mean, they're constantly, I mean, uh, I try different ones. Pat Mac uh, or uh, Pat McAfee is one I've worked on that uh, is a friend of mine. And uh, I just want to be like, cause he comes from Tony Romo. We talked about that on my, on my podcast, even how similar some are. Uh, another one would be um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. It just all guys named Pat apparently is where <laughs> I uh, am trying to, uh, Pat O'Brien, uh, Pat Summerall got that one. That's where it started. So, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult because it's you, it's almost like a muscle. So you break it down and you try and you break down the, the voice and you go for a cadence. How many Christopher Walkers have you heard? You hear it high, you hear it low, you hear it in the middle. You know who it is because you ignore punctuation. So that's what you do is you find that cadence first and then you try and get the pitch, or at least I do, and the mannerisms and stuff like that helps. and uh but uh, and workshopping them with a like a, i do in my podcast and my my buddy john holmberg was on it with me we just go back and forth and sometimes we we just go back and forth until one of us finds it or we both find it and then we both start doing it it's uh like i have an al michaels do you believe in miracles yes and then he started working on his chris collinsworth so we do those together it's it's just uh you know it, and you start working on one, and you realize that it sounds like somebody else, and then you go, ah, that's who I'll do. So that, that happens as well. 
Yeah, that is the Caliendo cast, by the way. People can check it out, calliendocast.com. I thought it was interesting, Frank, you, you, you did really well with the John Madden, Pat Summerall stuff, which is interesting because so many of the young people probably don't even remember those guys anymore, yet people like Dave and I absolutely loved it. Mahomes going down the sideline. How hard is it to switch back and forth between two guys like that? Well, for me, it's pretty simple. I can just go like this and then start talking this way, then go back, maybe throw in a John Gruden, somehow get a Morgan Freeman out of it. How about a little Al Pacino? There we go. So it's kind of a gimmick for me, but it's something I can just do. Um, uh, but in terms of what you said at the beginning there, Pat Summerall and John Madden, I didn't think anybody was going to get it. I think I had some people tell me, you got to try this. You got to do the Pat Summerall and John Madden. I'm like, really? It just seems so old, but this nostalgic thing is going crazy. And then a lot of kids know it from the video game and even uh, YouTube video games. Like, I remember when we were kids, our, my parents used to yell at me for being lazy and playing video games. I yell at my son for watching other people play video games on YouTube. That's how lazy. Uh, you know, I'm an old man. You kids in your YouTube. So. I, I, I didn't think, and lots of young people are, are are retweeting it and doing it now with the the one with the the guy climbing in the tree, uh, which actually came off a suggestion somebody said to do in the. They didn't say Madden and Summerall, but they said do uh, a voiceover for this video of this ding dong, and I was like, all right, so I did it, and now it's pretty much going crazy. It's awesome. I, I loved it. Um, talking to Frank Caliendo, check out his stand-up dates, frankcaliendo.com. Also that Caliendo cast also on iTunes. Frank, my favorite impersonation you do is John Gruden because it's not just the voice, it's the face, it's the eyes, it's the mannerisms, it's the whole deal. So here's my question. Go into your John Gruden for a moment. So go ahead and go there. And, and Doesn't take me that long, Tom man. Brady. I'm already doing <laughs> Now, how do you get Tom Brady to come play for Las Vegas, the Raiders, next season, Coach Gruden? It's easy, man. You just say Raiders. Everybody wants to be a Raider, man. Didn't you hear me last year? That's what I talked about. Everybody wants to be a Raider, including at one point Antonio Brown. Think about that, man. Think about that tremendosity. I just made up that word. You know why I did? Because I'm John Gruden, man. I'll tell you what. We can get Tom Brady. We need to get we could have playing dual quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Tom Brady. And we might even trade for uh, Patrick Mahomes. We might get him interdivisional trade. Andy Reid probably going to blow up uh, his ego there, man, with a Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, I'll give him a trade him a cheeseburger for, for Patrick Mahomes. I love Andy Reid, man. <laughs> How 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 would Andy Reid handle the trade request from Gruden for Mahomes for a cheeseburger? <laughs> don't mind if I do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. My 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 uh my uh Andy Reid is really just throwing on a mustache and being fat. That's all. That's it. All right. So what about what about breaking news, Frank? That from Adam Schefter that Brady has signed with the Raiders. According to my sources, at this particular time. It appears that Tom Brady, who's many consider to be the number one quarterback, not just in this century, but of any time in any possible universe in the future, notwithstanding any type of alien civilization implanting themselves in this world, Tom Brady will be a Raider. It's going to be incredible. 
Then Jay Glazer comes in with the opposing. I, I, you know, I heard exactly the opposite. There's none of this is actually happening. A lot of people are saying this stuff. By the way, gee, I, was, I was just on my way to work out. I'm doing a workout on my way to work out. I got my tooth punched up at Demi Lovato. Anybody see that? It went viral. It's incredible stuff. And we're just ready. It's just going to be incredible. And there it is. <laughs> Outstanding. Let's keep that string going on that breaking news. And let's bring in a guy who doesn't know as much about football, but certainly brings the, the energy. And you go to Stephen A. Smith and his interpretation of that breaking news, Tom Brady. I have to say the Thomas Magnum Brady. That's a Magnum P.I. reference for everybody who is not in tune with Caliendo in his 80s references, although it's back on television right now. I have to say that Tom Brady, what were we talking about? I don't even know, but I'm going to say whatever <laughs> I just said is contemplating authenticity and re retrofitting every retractatory movement that is henceforth. What? <laughs> Ross? So, for, all right, so Frank, the, the, does this, do you love what you do now or do you wish you were a broadcaster? Oh no, I would never want to be a broadcaster. I like to, I don't like to have to go into work all the time. That's uh you know, with the podcasting and stuff like that, it's once a week. That's even enough for me. So it's, I'm having fun. Uh, I'm trying to not just do the impressions, but I realized like, I got away from the impressions for a bit and realized nobody cared at all. So I'm trying to get do a bunch more impressions and then weave that into some of the other regular stand-up I'm doing and stuff like that and just try and grow, get better. Uh, I was always, a, you know, show business is part show, part business. And I uh, was always heavier on the business. Now I'm working on the show or the art part of it. So try and combine it all. Well, Frank, huge fan. Uh, love what you do. I got to tell you, can you explain? So are you, you're no longer with Fox and you are with ESPN now. Is that correct? Uh, no, I'm not really doing it. I, ESPN calls me every once in a while. I, it just depends on what it is. And I've even done a couple little things over at Fox. I, I'm just kind of a, uh, you know, uh, a, a independent contractor type. And I, a lot of times if it's not new and interesting, I just don't even want to do it. So sometimes people come to me, Hey, how about Belichick doing this? And like, I've done it six times. I don't want to do that. And I mean, which was the same thing I would have said probably about the Madden and some but it's something about not being on camera for that. Like when I do, I don't do Madden in makeup anymore, really on screen. Cause it just feels so old, but when it's, when it's, voiceover and it's pretending to be actually them as opposed to a sketch something something seems newer to people about that fresher i guess so i i don't mind with that yeah i've been lo i've been loving the video clips because I, I didn't understand i thought maybe i thought maybe you did something at fox because for them to not, like I, I i gotta be honest with you, i i don't get the wriggle guy's humor I, i'm trying i i try it just it's I not younger people, I, like, I, it's, I, I it's, want you back man i want you back Oh, I don't. I could never do it every week again. I just, I just have zero interest in that. I don't think they'd want to do that. I mean, part of the problem is it just it gets old and difficult. I think young people really like Wriggle. I think. Uh, I mean, I think he has a big audience. And uh, I mean, I know young. A lot of young people like wonder what I'm doing. They're like, "Why is Caliendo funny?" I don't know why he's going to do that as an old man. Maybe it was me uh, thinking <laughs> that myself. But it, they're like, "Why is Caliendo doing? He doesn't make any sense. He's not funny. He's old." I mean, it's like. Whatever. I, I, I just do what I think is funny. And uh, that seems to be working right now and, and go with that. I, 
but I couldn't do, I, you know, it's the other thing too, is if I'm always doing impressions on TV with the makeup and stuff like that, it's just, it's tough. Cause there's only so many that work. And, and uh, I found that at ESPN is ESPN is so different than Fox. Fox is like a magazine. ESPN is like a newspaper. So uh, at Fox, you would do, I would do like a Dr. Phil or somebody like that. And it would make sense. You do it at ESPN and they're like, no, next. It's like the Simpsons. People in their own world are the ones that everybody knows. The Adam Schefters, the um, Mel Kuyper Jr. Todd, 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 Todd. I'm going to say it 6,000 times. Todd <laughs> of the 10th power. Uh, uh, exponentially located. Look at uh, my head just exploded. Um, so it's like, right, but you go outside, you go on ESPN and people, people all know the ESPN characters. You go outside of ESPN and uh, they, it's, you know, you, they don't even know them as much. I mean, some people do, the big sports fans, but, you know, yeah. uh, just an interesting situation. One impression everybody knows that you do very well is, of course, the president of the United States. You have met him. He, I believe, gave you a watch at one point from the <laughs> Melania line. So we turn the page to XFL season this coming weekend. What if Donald Trump were in the booth doing play-by-play? Have you ever envisioned how that might go? Look at all these guys. This is a tremendous group of people. They're not as good as me. If I were out there, I'd be throwing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. I'm, oh, it's all I ever threw. When I played... All I ever threw was touchdowns. I'm the number one touchdown thrower of all time. Better than Joe Montana, better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady takes a back seat to me. Even Bill Belichick comes to me for advice. That's just what it is. And in the XFL, if I were playing in this league, I would destroy everybody. It'd be incredible and, and amazing and amazingly great. Do you notice I don't even have to have my eyes open to tell you because I'm visualizing this right now. I can see it. In Google Eyeball, I have Google Eyeball. I got it because of the president. We get free stuff a lot of times. And uh, <laughs> that's what that's all about, which was something that's what it, it, that John Madden said and it, a tremendous saying, but it, even he took that from me. That was unbelievable. That that was terrific. Now now I'm watching the freaking XFL, and they just got to get you <laughs> in the booth or the president one way or the other. You know uh, what? The you know what was really yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I'll let you plug Caliendo Cast. Um, the uh, <laughs> the, the weird Go thing ahead. about uh, the weird thing about the Super Bowl for me. What was I thought they would plug that league a little bit. Did you see any commercials for it or promos for it at all? I don't think I saw anything during the game. I, it, you know, aren't they partners? I felt like that was odd that you didn't see, uh, at least unless I missed it, one mention. I might have been just still stuck on the halftime show, but at least one mention of uh, the new league I, because it's going to be on this Saturday and it's football and, you know, I'll see it on. FS1 or something like that, they'll mention the league, but not during the Super Bowl. Did I miss something? Well, the one promo they have been running, and I don't know if it was during the game per se, but I think it was around it somewhere, either before or just after, if not during, was the football withdrawal syndrome. They sat there behind a desk and talked about how you deal with the loss of football, that the best way to deal with it is XFL season. But I don't know that it was a a direct... (sighs) Um, previewing of the games per se, but I think that's how they're trying to fill people's football void is, hey, football withdrawal syndrome, 
We've got your cure. Uh, before we let you go, so again, it's the Caliendo cast on iTunes, frankcaliendo.com, at Frank Caliendo on Twitter. Um, the, the stand-up starts in April, April 4th. I mentioned that, Aurora, Illinois. Get some tickets. W- what are we looking forward to? A lot of impressions. What else? Are you going to go into politics, or what else are you going to stray with the stand-up act? Uh, I talk, I don't really talk about actual politics. I talk about the people in politics because it's some, it's people everybody knows and sees all the time. That's a difficult thing in the world we live in because everybody's programmed directly to, or the algorithms on social media and uh, YouTube and everything are, are just having people see things that are, um, you know, basically in their own, you know, tunnel vision. So uh, politics are everywhere, but I don't actually get into the politics. I stay out of that. It's, you know, if I do the Trump stuff, it's going to be tremendous, but it's not going to hit on policies, even though I have the best policies for not talking about policies. A lot of people say that if you don't talk about policy, but it's actually a policy when you don't talk about policy. Think about that <laughs> while you're policing your policies. I don't. So um, uh, it, it's, uh, it's got some regular stand up talking about family and things like that type of thing. And uh, I just go out there and, and have fun. Uh, part of what I've been doing with the podcasting stuff has gotten me to be able to talk and express my own ideas a lot more rather than just go from character to character to character. I always had a little bit of stand-up, but I've been working on having more and more and more and just taking that downtime to set something up, be interesting with it. Because there are people who do plenty of better impressions than me. The idea for me is has always been Dana Carvey style, where you create a character out inside of the impression so it can go further and even crazier and be sillier and you're not just trying to be that person so it's having a take um and, and going with it and and making it more more three-dimensional as opposed mm-hmm. to just trying to be the person there That's is the nobody you- out there yeah well the one of the go things that i always think of the difference between an impersonation and impression and I still can't figure out how the phone, that's amazing that I can't figure out how, where to look, um, is an impersonation is the type of thing where somebody's trying to be that person exactly. It's almost like the Vegas show where the guy dresses up as Cher and Joan Rivers and does something, as opposed to an impression is what you create for a sketch that's bigger than life. You exaggerate something and make a character out of it. So and most people use them interchangeably. I'm just kind of a snob in those terms, but it's, just in my mind, that's a little difference. And I think that, uh, that you know, when I explain that to people, they're like, oh, I get it. And then they walk away and think, oh, that guy's an idiot. But whatever, I'll just go Jim Rome on him and it'll be incredible, phenomenal, and arugula. How great did this segment just get? Went from being Italian <laughs> to talking to myself to being me, telling you how great your ratings are. Incredible. It does not get any better than this. Wait a second. If there were two me's, that would be better. Double Rome. <laughs> Double Rome, two times. Milton Just Jr. In- might have gone with the exponential. Don't interrupt my pauses. <laughs> you realize how tired my arm is from holding this phone the entire time? I had no idea. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, man. You got. You must have I've guns ra- now. I have raptor arms, too. I mean, this is... <laughs> I mean, look, All right. <laughs> Wait, I can't believe you've been holding of, that Look at this. Thing. How great is this? Even a finger, a hand in front of the Jim Rome impression is still better than just about anything else that could be on the internet. How great is this? Take a look at this. I'm almost a pirate. Ridiculous. 
You're going to walk the plank, and I'm going to hop over there on my peg leg. Guess what? Now I'm going to get a parrot and have him sit on my shoulder. A peg leg, a patch of your eye, and a parrot. Peg leg, patch, and parrot. Think about that for a second. Three P words that define pirate. Pirate, patch, peg leg, plank. How about a pirate, how about a pirate workout? How about that? A pirate workout where instead of walking the plank, you just do planks. What great is that? Pirate Pilates of rock. the Caribbean. Rack them. Rack them. Rack them. You got to rack them. Before that arm falls off, rack them. Frank Caliendo, it's been our great pleasure. Welcome here anytime the Caliendo cast. Five stars on iTunes. FrankCaliendo.com. Bravo, sir. Give that arm a little rest, brother. We'll see you guys. Great job. Even better with me. Out. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we have to dive into the kelsey brothers jason kelsey of course won a super bowl with the eagles a couple of years ago and travis kelsey this time around and i'm not sure you could ever find brothers who celebrate the way these two do. Let's start off with Travis Kelsey celebrating yesterday, and then we'll go in to Jason. Listen. Can you dig it? I, I just want to say I love y'all. I love this. I love this team. Woo! I'm wearing about half the beers I've been trying to drink, baby. It's been a long time coming. Philadelphia! 
are just getting started. The Kelsey brothers there. Ross Tucker, you know Jason well. Who do you think? Now, that's just the beginning. We're going to get to the middle and the end. Whose voice, whose epic celebration separates himself at that point? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for Travis to win any of these because of a lot of different reasons. Number one, Jason's an offensive lineman. Travis is a skill guy. Number two, Jason did it in Philadelphia. Travis Kelsey, where I'm from. Travis Kelsey's doing it in the Midwest in Kansas City. And number three, and most importantly, Jason Kelsey did it first. You know what I mean? Like, on some level, it feels like Travis saw all the love and notoriety that Jason got, and he's kind of trying to, you know, do the same thing. And I'm not mad at him. I'd do the same thing if I were Travis Kelsey. Jason Kelsey is a legend forever in Philadelphia as a result. But it does feel a little bit like Travis is copying off his brother a little bit. Oh, copying off his brother a little bit. What makes it awesome is I think they're both genuine personalities. And these are both historic Super Bowls. You know, Eagles first ever, Chiefs first in 50 years. Um, Let's see if Travis can bridge the gap here. And Ross has an overwhelming favorite, Jason, after the first clip. Let's get to the middle because I think Travis certainly begins to catch up on Jason. Listen to the next clips. For my guy, Andy Reid. It's just been turning and turning and turning. And what we do, what we do, we unleash a can of whoop on everybody. 24 nothing. I ain't trying to hear it. Child 10, I ain't trying to hear it. Fourth quarter, six and whatever left on the clock. Down 10. Jason Peterson sold. He was too old. Didn't have it anymore. Before he got hurt, he was the best freaking tackle in the NFL. Stephen Wisniewski ain't good enough. Jason Kelsey's too small. Lane Johnson can't lay off the juice. Brandon Brooks has anxiety. Carson Wentz didn't go to a Division I school. Nick Foles don't got it. Roy Clement's too slow. The airplane ain't got it anymore. Jay and John can't stay healthy. Tory Smith can't catch. Nelson Aguilar can't catch. Zach Gers can't block. Red Selleck's too old. Brandon Graham was drafted too high. Brandon Curry ain't got it. Bo Allen can't fit the scheme. Michael Thomas can't fit the scheme. Nigel Bradham can't catch. Jalen Mills can't cover. Oh, man. I had Travis Kelsey with the knockout in round two. Oh, but up again, a whoop ass. But then Jason just delivered name-checking all the guys. Here's the issue with that. Lane Johnson can't stay off the juice. Is that where he lost round two? And why do you say a skill player has a noted disadvantage with the parade celebration speech, Ross? I don't think that's fair, man. All right, so two things. One is when Jason Kelsey said Lane Johnson can't stay off the juice, that was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Really funny. 
All right, number one. Number two, it doesn't matter to other people. You just ask my opinion. I'm voting from my opinion. I'm O-line for life. Travis Kelsey already uh. gets the touchdowns and gets all of everybody giving him love and he catches passes. I'm just saying Ty goes to the blocker. Ty goes to the O-lineman for me. Travis Kelsey and the skill guys already get enough love. If it's if I'm the one judging the contest, it's going to be heavily slanted towards the lineman. And Kelsey, Jason, in this instance, was incredible when he name-checked the negative thing about every guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Round two decided advantage to Jason. I'm going to call round one uh, a, a, a push, at least that we can bring some interest to round three and who delivers the knockout blow. I thought you were saying offensive linemen are at an advantage because there's a lot more space there in the chest and the belly and a lot more force base behind the voice. But let's go to round three and see if it is a just clean sweep knockout for Jason. Again, Travis first celebrating the Chiefs, Jason second celebrating the Eagles in our round three. We got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, baby. How about Sammy Watkins? Woo! How about Damian Williams? Woo! How about my dog, 5'5", five, five, and he ain't on sides, Frank Clark! What's going Every single touchdown, every single point we score at Arrowhead is going to end with the anthem. And y'all got to help me say it right here one last time for 2019-2020 World Champions. You got to fight for your right to party. Believe it. I love y'all. You know what I got to say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that counted us out, and to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done? What my man Jay and John just said, fuck you! Knockout punch. Knockout punch. I can't even pretend to build the drama there. Jason Kelsey just crushes Travis. Look, Travis was great. And a top five celebration all time as far as Super Bowl parades. But Jason, Jason's got to be number one. He just crushed his brother there. So I got to get to these other questions. Who's more hammered in their parade speech? And is there anyone you'd rather see as a WWE tag team duo than the Kelsey brothers because Travis was wearing a WWE championship belt yesterday in KC. So first of all, I'm glad you've come to your senses. Jason yeah. Kelsey, clearly Jason Kelsey's yeah. speech is epic for the ages. I mean, yeah. that song that is incredible. Um, as for the tag team, isn't it unbelievable, Dave, how good these brother combos would be? 
Like if you got the Gronk brothers, you got JJ and TJ Watt, you got Travis and Jason Kelsey. There is something about these brothers. Number one, they're they're all like good, really good. It's unbelievable to have that many siblings in the NFL. And then number two, for the most part, they've got some awesome personalities. I mean, just picture, I had one sister. I can't even imagine what it was like to grow up in any of those houses. Just epic. Can you imagine the fights that they had, the wrestling, the punching, the stitches? I mean, it had to be epic. The smartest way to get yourself arrested at the Super Bowl is, well, by hopping on the field and attempt to show some skin. That was the uh, plan for Kelly Kay, our good friend, who was arrested at the Super Bowl in Miami, but she's doing just fine. And she joins us here this morning on a Thursday Home and Home. Kelly Kay, good to have you on the program, at Kelly Kay on Instagram. Got to check her out. Why did you do this? Was this a, a something that you went to the Super Bowl uh, with a plan? Yes, it was absolutely a planned event. I went with um, the intentions of getting on the field and marketing my friend's brand, Vitaly Uncensored. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Vitaly. I am now. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it worked because I I certainly am now. But yes, tell (laughs) tell me more about it, though. Okay, so we had it planned. He bought the ticket. I was the fifth row back, and he said to jump in the first five minutes of the game, and so that's what I did. And I had no doubt that I would get on the field. I just didn't expect to be tackled by three people when I got on there. (laughs) How much did you pay for the ticket, and was it all worth it, Kelly Kay? I think the ticket was maybe like 10 grand after fees and yeah, it was definitely worth it, but I didn't know it was worth it until I got out of jail. Cause at the time I was like, fuck this sucks. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my question is what, so we didn't get a chance to see it on TV. Uh, although the pictures uh, that you have are, are worth a thousand words. Tell, tell us the whole breakdown of how you got onto the field and jumped, and then what happened, everything after that. Okay, so it's a 10-foot wall, and I'm five foot tall, and so I basically had to catapult myself off of this wall. It's not like I hopped over it or I, like, hung and fell down. I ran up the steps and then ran down and jumped off. I thought I could do, like, a little tuck and roll and then run onto the field, but as soon as I hopped onto the turf, they tackled me. And I like fought them some. There's videos of me like fighting them. And obviously there's just, you know, big strong men. So um, they took me into custody. They were like, are you with Vitaly? I got investigated by the FBI and Homeland Security. They interrogated me. They detained me for eight hours at the Super Bowl. Um, And then I got transferred to Dade County and processed at about 3 a.m. into Dade County Jail and then got out around 1 p.m. the next day. On bond. They bailed me out. It was a $1,000 bond. $1,000 bond, $10,000 tickets. I see on TMZ you got a couple of bruises. Talking to Kelly Kay, who was arrested at the Super Bowl. What was that jail uh, experience like? And, and well, like, what was the bounce? Like, social media, did you get a huge bounce from it? 
So jail was awful. Dade County is one of the worst jails in the country. And that's why I'm so sick right now. I normally don't sound like this. They keep it at like a 40 degrees in there. They want to freeze you out. Um, it's co-ed for the, a lot of the time. This guy was like showing me his dick the whole time. It was just awful, but definitely worth it now that I'm out and see that it actually worked. I had no idea that it was going to blow up like this, um, but I'm obviously happy that it did. And um, yeah, I, I've probably grown maybe like 100,000 followers since then and obviously have a lot of attention on my page, but um, it just, it's, it's everything that I wanted it to be. I, um, I just like really want to preach to people, like you can change your life overnight. And as long as you do it without hurting somebody, then you should do it. I think that there's a lot of people that are unhappy with their lives and they project hate on other people, but it's just simply taking a leap, get it like a leap and doing it. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> so, so Kelly, I have an idea for you. Like I thought of this, right? It's too late now, obviously. But I wonder if you had done it during the halftime show when it was dark. And if you got up there with J-Lo or Shakira, they might have just thought you were like part of the act. And number number one, you might have been able to get out there and then be on TV without and them actually show it. And then maybe if you dive in, in the crowd, there's all those fake fans there. You might have been able to get away with it even. <laughs> You know, you're not the first person that thought of that. I had a couple people tell me that, but you know, I didn't even, I didn't know it was going to be like that. We didn't know anything. And we just assumed that the first little bit of the game would probably be like the least amount of security. Normally as games go on, people get more drunk and more rowdy and we just like wanted to get it done and over with. So yeah, I mean, maybe, but I think I did pretty good because I've heard more people talk about my stunt and, and performance than J-Lo and Shakira. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it might be close. <laughs> She's at Kelly K on IG where there's a great photo of, well, uh, from behind, from behind Kelly as she is being arrested. And it's got a nice shot of, of your behind. Uh, now, Julia <laughs> Rose from Shagmag was on this program after they flashed the ladies on the national broadcast of the World Series. Were you intending to flash the ladies? Did you get to show any skin out there? And if not, do you want to make up for that now? No, I was never going to like be nude or um, you know show, show the ladies at all, but I was wearing a scandalous bikini that did say Vitaly Uncensored. And um, that was just the whole plan was just to wear the bikini and run across the field. Um, I'm I don't know what the law is about showing like tits in public, but I'm pretty sure it's public indecency and a charge that I didn't want and definitely intended not to get. I actually wore pantyhose just in case, like if I was running, like nothing showed on that side. So, OK, so what were you charged <laughs> with and what happens next? So I was charged with trespassing and um, I'll have a court date in Miami in about a month. Um, I have Vitaly's lawyers. He's gotten in a lot of trouble. So I'm assuming his lawyers are good and we're going to try to get me out of it. And if I don't get out of it, then I'll probably just have a petty, uh, uh, what is it? Trespassing on my, <coughs> on my record. And that's it. <coughs> Sorry, I'm like dying right now. You're not feeling real well. So, so we'll let you run. <laughs> Kelly K at IG. And, and what's the website, my friend? Vitaly Uncensored. 
VitaliUncensored.com. She's that <laughs> Kelly K on Instagram. Um, get healthy, my friend. It's it's nice to have you on the program. Thanks for being with us on Home and Home. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye, sweetheart. Thank you. Uh, so, Ross, she is an inspiration to us all that all you have to do, in her words, is take that <laughs> leap. Are you inspired, bro? Uh, you know what? I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm inspired, but I certainly have some admiration for the guts that it takes for her to go ahead and, I mean, that sounds like it was a long, long jump. I mean, that sounds like it was 10 feet for her to jump down. So I'm, yeah. I am impressed with her willingness to uh, put her body on the line in more ways than one to jump out there. It's interesting. I mean, we obviously gave her what she wanted. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with talking mm -hmm. with her about it. I still think that the halftime show would have been the better move, though. If I were her, dude, she could have maybe even got up. Now, I don't know, but it's dark. So if she jumps down, she could have maybe even jumped up there, got on the stage. That would have been unbelievable. And what's crazy about it is, you don't even really know if she's part of the act or not. Like if she had a scandalous yeah. bikini on, you wouldn't even really know if she was part of it or not, Dave. Nick Costos, uh, my longtime buddy, the star of You Better You Bet, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time here on the Radio.com app. Nick, how much did you even hear or know that there was a streaker during the Super Bowl? I, I had no idea. And also, I think she's a tremendous loser. And I kind of wish that I were on it so I could have said that to her, that I think she's a huge loser. So, number one, you had the opportunity to come on with her, so you blew that. Well, Number no, actually, two. I would say it was it was collectively your guys. It was like, oh, by the way, we're going to have this interview that you're going to be on. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about, so I don't want to do that. A little heads up would have been nice. I would have done it. But then, like, once I, I saw some of it, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, she gives that rant about changing people's lives. It's like, you have no talent. You jumped over. You, you ran onto the field at the Super Bowl. Like, it was not a humanitarian thing. She's a loser. She's got no fucking talent whatsoever. <laughs> Congratulations. You got your Instagram following. I bet you she's never read a fucking book in her life. Could change, you could change your life overnight. Congratulations, you're a fucking criminal and you've got no fucking talent whatsoever. <laughs> change your life. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. You're, you take your clothes off on social media for a following and that's great, God bless. She's all about, she, that girl would probably push her grandmother in front of a bus for a million Instagram followers. Oh, you can change your life overnight. Just come out and say what you are. You're a clout chaser. That's what Julia Rose says. I respect Julia Rose for that. This chick wants to come on and be like, oh yeah, we are, you can, this is like my message to the youth of America. You can change your life if you want to. Get the fuck out. Like, how self-righteous and lacking self-awareness do you have to have to have that be your take on this fucking thing? I mean, get the... Come on. Give me a break. All right, wait a minute. Julia Rose clout chaser. Explain that. What's a clout chaser? 
Well, like you're a cloud chaser kind of Ross. Like whenever like Adam Schefter or like Rian Rappaport tweets something and you tweet underneath it, you're looking for followers. They're cloud chasers. They're always looking for followers on social media. That's what it's all about. That's what she's doing. That's why, that's why she did it. She jumped over for a million Instagram followers. She's looking for clout. Get that all changing right. so lives. What what is what is the reading a book thing have to do with it? I love I like oh, in the middle of your rant, you said she's probably never read a book. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you're right. That was probably me just kind of taking out my uh, my aggression on on attractive women for never looking at me in my entire life. So that's probably what that was, to be totally Is honest. Is that what it was? Maybe. Maybe. No, but in all seriousness, like, I was watching it and I was like, I'm fine with it up until like you can change your life overnight. It's like, what did you what did you do? Like you you, you ran onto the field at the Super Bowl. Like this was not some like grand act. This was not like you didn't cure a disease. Like, get get over it. Like, I, I just, I mean, to assign that type of importance to something so stupid is un, is unreal to me. Well, and here's the thing. Like, did she really change her life overnight? Like, the picture of her in handcuffs and her nice butt, love it. I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it. That's, that's a good picture. But, like, how did she change her life overnight? I, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I love the show that we do. I love Home and Home. But an eight-minute appearance on Home and Home did not change your life overnight. No, I, I didn't even know what happened. I didn't even know there was a streaker at the Super Bowl. I did go to her Instagram page. Good Instagram page. You may follow her on Instagram, so it actually may have worked. <laughs> Speaking of it may have worked, did your Super Bowl bets work, Nick? I forget what they were. Um, well, you and I were both on, you are, we both liked the Niners, right? When we did the show on Sunday. So that bet didn't, did I, didn't not work. I didn't know what you liked. I just told you what I liked. I had one unit Niners, one unit over, but as you know, I had two units on the Niners in the first half, getting half Great a bet. point and two units on the under 13 and a half penalties. So once again, I was up for the game in the weekend, up two units, up 26 for the season Everyone bow before the gambling money god known as Ross Tucker. Yeah, no, dude, I, we were actually talking about it, like, even after the game. Um, I loved your bet, your Niners first half bet. Like, that was kind of like when, like, I was – when you were kind of going through your rationale for it on the show on Sunday, I was like, that's – Really strong bet. That's a really good bet. So I think you like you crushed that one. That was that was really well done. Um, so hit the first half under. Um, lost my Jimmy Garoppolo um, under passing yards prop. Won the Mostert um, under rushing yards. Um, lost my Niners bet, but that's really insignificant because that was just a hedge. I had my futures on Kansas City, so I cashed big time there. Um, and then we won big time on some props, including the Demi Lovato national anthem under, which you know. Might have gotten a text on Friday saying, hey, the rehearsal time was a minute 50. Might not have. Over under might have been two minutes and five seconds and uh, might have put a shit ton of money on the under and had a very nervous minute and 50 seconds. But shout out to my girl, Demi Lovato. She the real goat here. So I won more money, Ross, on the under national anthem than I won on any bet the entire football season. That was that was really great. That was the most exciting. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. There's really low limits for that, right? But I mean, I, I, but like, dude, you can bet it at multiple places. Oh, wow. So there's something wrong there. Like you had inside information. You should be investigated. You should have to go to jail. Yeah. For an illegal activity. Yeah. Call the better business bureau. Have them complain about it. No, but like there's, it's obviously you're not supposed to have that information, right? Like what are, what are the rules there? 
Well, you want to investigate every single person that slammed the under on the national anthem that forced them to take it down off the board and then put it back up two hours later with like 10 seconds shaved off the total? Is that what they did? 100%. I mean, look, this dude, it's all it takes is like one person that's in the stadium watching the rehearsals to be like, okay, this is what it was. Or like the Gatorade, for instance. So like the Gatorade was really funny if anyone was following it. Red got crushed early in the process because like, I don't know, people were like, like Andy Reid had gotten hit with like a red Gatorade bath at some point earlier in the season. And then everyone thought it was going to be purple because, um, to honor Kobe Bryant. And then we had Bill Krakenberger, uh, pro sports better on our show earlier this week. And he was saying that like, he had information that red was on one of the sidelines here. So he deduced that red was on the Niners sideline. Orange was on the Kansas city sideline. So if the Niners had won, the Gatorade would have been red. All it takes is one person at the stadium to text this information out to one person, that one person spreads, and then it hits like wildfire. Like, I don't claim to know anyone that was like actually in that stadium, but through our, our vast you know, tentacles of connections, you know, it's not terribly difficult to find out information like that. For big games like this, like, no one gives a shit about stuff like this for games that like, like you know, yeah, yeah, Browns, Bengals, week four in the NFL regular season, no one cares. But for the Super Bowl, this kind of information does get out there. I actually think like, I don't know how long that they're going to be able to like have people bet on shit like this because this information gets out there. It's not like betting on the Oscars is like airtight, right? Because like they're sworn to secrecy. People will get fired if that information gets out there. It's not like that with like the rehearsal of the national anthem at the stadium with like a security guard working there, you know, like it's very easy for him to watch it and be like, okay, this was a minute 50. It's two minutes and five seconds. I'm going to bet the under. All right. So what were the limits on the anthem? It's like a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks. Um, my local book, it was 500 bucks. I can't speak for all books, but my personal local book was a $500 limit. Okay. So you had to go to a bunch of, pl you went to a bunch of places then. Not like, I mean, I'm not really, I'm kind of risk averse to be totally honest. Even if I feel like something's a lock, I'm not going to bet like a ton on it. Cause I don't want to lose potentially. So like, I don't know. It wasn't like a fucking life changing, extraordinary amount of money, but a, a good amount more that more than I had won on any one bet this entire season. All right, so the Super Bowl odds for next year are already out. Have you placed any bets for any of them? Not not on the Super Bowl for next year, but I can tell you we did a long segment on it last night. Um, some of these win totals are out as well. Um, I like Dallas's win total a lot, man. They're at nine right now. I, I actually think the Cowboys, I still think the Cowboys were the best team in the NFC this year, and the coaching was what held them back. I thought their roster one through 53 was the best. <laughs> Um, I like Dallas with win total currently sitting at nine. Um, also if Tom Brady leaves the Patriots to sign elsewhere, which I don't think is going to happen, but if that happens, I'm taking new England's over win total. It'll probably be like nine. Like, let's say Teddy Bridgewater's their quarterback, just to throw someone out there. who's like, you know, potentially could be if Brady leaves, they won 11 games with Matt Castle in 2008 when Brady tore his ACL. Um, I would look to bet the over on the Patriots, but the Cowboys over is the one that I'm going to feel the best about. San Francisco's total is a 10 and a half, and it's, almost, it's basically identical to what the Rams was last year. I think you have to take the under if you do anything there, and that's not shade at San Francisco, but like that division's good. You know, Seattle's probably not going to be as good in terms of wins and losses, but Russell Wilson's still the quarterback. The Rams, I don't think are going to be great next year, but like they're not terrible by any means. And I think the Cardinals are going to be better next year, year two with Cliff and Kyler, get that defense, you know, a little better, get these young wide receivers like Butler and Isabella up to speed a little bit. So I, I think the Niners, if you're going to bet on them, are going to go under. And I got some XFL thoughts for the for this weekend as well, Ross, if you'd like to get into it. And I got some NBA picks, whatever you want to do, buddy. Yeah, let's do uh, let's do the uh, NBA because WIP tweeted this morning 
Would you bet the Sixers plus nine tonight against the Bucks? That was a yeah. big one because of everything going on in Philly right now. Yes, um, I think we have to bet the Sixers plus nine, and it makes me queasy to say that because they have screwed me and like betters many times recently. So kind of like the profile of this Philly team had been to play up to the level of like elite competition and then play down to the level of really bad competition. So like what we saw on Christmas against Milwaukee was a perfect example of that. And then they'll go lay an egg and like maybe win against a bad team, but only win by like two to four points when they should be blowing bad teams out. So when they went on this road trip, they lost to Atlanta last week um, as a big favorite and lost to the Hawks. And we said on You Better, You Bet, okay, that was right before like a, like a road trip which consisted games against Miami, um, which, which we saw obviously you know, um, a couple of days ago on Monday, then Boston, then Milwaukee. So we were looking ahead to being like, okay, Philly just lost to a bad team. Now they're going to play well against the good teams. Well, they go to Miami on Monday. They get their asses handed to them. Then they, uh, then they play, they, uh, they play, who do they play the other night? Boston, get their asses handed to them. So, now going against Milwaukee tonight, I feel like everyone's going to be off the Philly bandwagon. I'm like, they've been really bad. There's infighting. I personally think they should fire Brett Brown because I don't think this team can get over the hump when it really matters most with the way they're constituted now. But this is a spot kind of as a better where you kind of have to close your nose and bet the Sixers here. I actually think the Sixers have a chance to win the game. And I know it sounds crazy. I have nothing to support that other than sports are nuts. The line is ridiculous at nine. It's come down to eight and a half. I think we have to bet the Sixers tonight. I know that I will absolutely be betting Philly tonight because I feel like we are getting value on the point spread with the Sixers, even though they have really, really sucked recently. And I think they need to fire the coach. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.